Hello and welcome to episode 50 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for weekly Drunken Magic the Gathering Arena content. Yeah, basically we're just regular dudes drinking regular beer, talking about the excellent adventures of Arlen Korn. <laughs> yeah, this is Midnight Hunt Drunken Vorthos. Get ready for it. Because we're going to tell <laughs> you the story of what happened on Midnight Hunt um, drunkenly. Because... What better way to hear about magic lore than from two dudes that read it once and they're drunk? <laughs> you know what? I wish I'd read it drunk, though. That would have been more fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but we do have some regulars news, uh, which is, of course, our podcast news. Uh, hey, it's episode 50. That's freaking sweet. <laughs> wow. That's, wow. Man, time flies. Time, time flies. really flies. So we've been doing this for over a year. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> um... But I'm happy to be here, and uh, oh, been some good times. So it's a milestone. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Catherine said she doesn't listen to podcasts till you hit fifty. So hey, babe, we did it. You can listen to our podcast now, if you want. Yeah, she's allowed to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this might even be one she'd be interested in. So, um, True. more about magic, fun story stuff. Uh, and of course, as we do with Drunken Vorthos episodes, this is also a silver series. Jeff, what does that mean? Well, you see, when we rate beers on this show, we rate them on a scale of bronze to mythic, just like the tiers in Arena. Oh. And silver, silver is the tier for macro brews, essentially. The, the beers that are you see everywhere, you know, everyone's had these. We did Bud Light and Coors Light, for example, on our first silver series. Um, and so a silver series is where we bring a bunch of silver beers and we drink them and we rank them at the end from one to four. Yeah. So these are basically your, uh, like you were saying, macro brews or just kind of regular lagers or just things that are meant to taste refreshing when it's hot, kind of. Like totally all yeah. of the different ones. So we get to do four this episode. And the first one we're starting out with, out with... <laughs> <laughs> wow, I feel I've already had a couple beers, so maybe that's why this is gonna be <laughs> this is gonna be a good one. Um, yeah, the first beer we are drinking is Alexander Keith's, which is Canadian. Hooray, Canadian beer! Um, it's from out east. Yeah, Nova Scotia. Um, funny if you didn't know this, uh, it does say it's an IPA on the mm -hmm. the label. It's not, and it doesn't even label it that way on the website because it is a blonde ale. So. Yeah, but it's actually like, um, it's grandfathered in, in a sense, because they just called themselves an IPA back in 1820, or whenever they started making this, mm -hmm. uh, when that was a loosely defined term, or if it was defined at all. Now you can't make a beer like this and call it an IPA, uh, but because it's been, it's branding for so long, they just have to kind of let them keep doing it. But. Yeah, so... Um, anyway, when I first had this, I was confused because I was expecting something, uh, different because I didn't grow up with Keith's, right? Um, yeah. so my, the first time I actually drank this was with, uh, Catherine's stepmom, um, and her, it's her favorite beer. And then her dad's name is Keith and he would drink Keith's. And so that yeah. was the, oh, my brother's name is Keith. So, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, oh, Keith's drinking a Keith is the, the, yeah, the yeah, joke. Yeah, exactly. So, um, <clears throat> His middle name is Jameson, too. And <laughs> so, he, you know, have an Alexander Keats first, then, then move on to the Jameson whiskey. And there's actually uh, Pike Creek whiskey. So we can get everything, one for each name of his. But. That should just be, um, 
like if we ever have a bar, that'll just be like the beer and a shot combo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The beer and, and two beer shot and then wash it down with a glass of whiskey. <laughs> oh, oh, that's so great. Uh, anyway, um, should we just jump right into things? I think it's uh, story time, basically. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the only thing I wanted to say about Keith's is apparently it's the longest consecutively brewed beer in North America. Oh, yes, that is true. Um, because of prohibition. Um, yeah. They just never stopped. <laughs> yeah, they've been brewing it since 1820, uh, <laughs> over 200 years now. Uh, and they're still going. They're still going. Actually, they're, they're brewing some new stuff, which I just found out about today. Um, so if you are in Nova Scotia area, I believe you can get a bunch of really cool beers, actually. Like yeah. hazy, hazy IPAs that are real IPAs and like stouts. Yeah, that blew my mind Alexander when you told Keith's. me that. Like they definitely don't have that here because I would have been like, oh, Keats is doing craft beer. So yeah, that's cool. I, I think it's for like they're like, it's been 200 years. Let's do some, some more stuff. <laughs> they finally are making a real IPA. Exactly. Yeah. Mind boggling, right? Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, we're drinking their classic stuff and it is going down real nice. Um, anyway. Yeah. So the Midnight Hunt Drunken Vorthos. We're going to tell you everything that happens in the, the five chapters we get every set of uh, the story for the standard legal cards. So as you might expect, our story begins with our main protagonist, Klaus Falkenrath. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, so everybody knows who Klaus is. He needs no introduction. And he's luring some villagers into his trap. Uh, so they're kind of chasing him, and he's kind of fooling around, just throwing, dodging their bolts easily. He thinks he has them. Well, not cornered, I guess, but he thinks he has them stymied. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of just like, oh, come into the woods, and then I'm going to jump on this tree and hang off of it and say some cool lines before I eat you. Yeah, is what play he's... with my food. Yeah, kind that, of that's what he's kind of trying to do. Um, does that work out pretty well for Klaus, you think? It does not. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so these are no ordinary humans that he's lured into the middle of the forest. As it turns out, they are gigantic werewolves. And, well... It, it was them trapping him. <laughs> so they turn into giant werewolves, and uh, that's unfortunately the end for our hero, Klaus Falcon. Yeah. The one thing I did want to say about this section is that, um, number one, I thought it's probably the best written of the whole thing. Um, yeah, I was pretty, it was pretty well. I was, pretty, I was like, we're off to a good start. Yeah, here. I was like, damn, this is good. <laughs> it was like the Mortal Kombat movie. I was like, awesome, okay. <laughs> This, <laughs> yeah. this beginning is so hey man if you stop it after like the first 10 minutes that's a great movie <laughs> yeah um but anyway there is a section where they're talking about uh as the the werewolves are transforming and uh it's it's saying how their chests are like kegs of beer that he used to brew with his father i thought that was a great image and i also liked it was talking about beer i was like hey look at that and also i was like they're fucking huge yeah because your <laughs> yeah. chest is like kegs of beer that's yeah massive um but he just gets chomped just like oh yeah broken down wrecked. and uh, i believe it's tovalar it's like the watch the, they're like the the watch group right yeah um i don't know if it ever explicitly mentions it but it's clear that it's his pack in a sense because they're so big and we find yeah. out later that tovalar's pack are the gigantic ones so i was assuming that it was tovalar who's the one who who says the line um the night belongs to those who take it which also sounds pretty fucking sweet. So. And it also fits with his character as we learn more about him. Exactly. So um, so that happens. Sorry, Klaus. Um, you're gone. And now I'm just imagining that, like, 
they were shooting bolts like crappily like oh no i missed oh, mm-hmm. no, i'm so bad and he's like mocking them and stuff and yeah and it, like just wait for him to get cocky that'll be the best time to rip him to <laughs> exactly but i was also <laughs> thinking like um the bolts are funny because you would think that the villagers made those to fight the werewolves because they knew oh the silver hurts the werewolves but as yeah. we were saying the silver bolt is actually pretty op and it can kill lots of other stuff so it can kill tovalar so yeah there you go uh <laughs> yeah and the other thing is you know obviously no one's ever heard of klaus falconrath but that's how i was like when as soon as they were like and klaus falconrath was no different i'm like oh this guy's dead yeah this guy's <laughs> i've never fucking heard of this guy also he's like <laughs> he's not a Voldaren. you know if you're thinking oh he's yeah. a Voldaren, so something's gonna happen with that no he's a falcon rat so nobody gives a fuck about him like <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> I'm excited for how this turns around. <laughs> yeah, dead for sure. Um, so then we immediately go to Arlen, who is our main protagonist for the whole story. We're going to be seeing most everything from her eyes. Um, so yay, she's investigating something. Sounds familiar on Innistrad. <laughs> investigating stuff. She's getting a clue. There's yeah, they're getting some clues. There's always something something <laughs> going on. So she's talking to this old woman about how her. I think it's a yeah. Agatha is this older woman, and her her husband got murdered, um, mm-hmm. which is uh, yeah, it's fairly grisly fashion. Pretty bad, like blood on the walls, uh, rough. And she's kind of upset because her Avison collar didn't protect her, which used to be a thing where you're like, hey, you have your Avison collar. The the bad things will be warded away because Avison saves you. Well, Avison's been gone for a long time, so um, people still kind of have hope in the collar, and they like. Almost all the collars are, like, broken, so they, they fix them up with, like, twigs and things to make it kind of be complete, but it doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Though I did like that um, they have a conversation about the witches in the woods, mm-hmm. and just like, oh, what are they up to or whatever, and then Agatha is telling Arlen, like, oh, so they were, um, I think that they killed a vampire. Somebody killed a vampire in the woods, and they the witches were using him as a scarecrow, um, which is devious cover-up, right? That's the, right. the arts to that uh, that card. Um, so that's always fun when you're like, oh, that's a, yeah, that's that's ah, the card. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. That's that's Klaus. I, I like that. That is Klaus. <laughs> 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 Sorry, bud. Yeah, so this is about when we learn that things are not quite right. Um, yes. Arlen, I guess, already knows this at this point. Like, she knows before we enter the story, uh, but she lets, it's kind of, out in the open now that she to us the reader that okay not every, every things are being very strange in Innistrad and in particular the day is coming a lot faster now I think it mentioned something about like the sundials I'll tell you the wrong time yeah um and it's basically like there have been an increased number of murders but also nighttime is just slowly growing yeah. and you're just like uh specifically on Innistrad um, there's lots of things to worry about. Uh, not only werewolves and vampires, but also like zombies and ghosts and all this shit. It seems like everything just easily rips humans to shreds. So being like a human on Innistrad would really suck. Yeah, but it's also crazy because they're still there. It seems like, oh, well, somebody in the village gets killed every single night and there's still yeah. humans around. Like, <laughs> yeah. How? How many humans are there? They must it's be like a thriving having... metropolis or what's going on. It's, it's like the olden times when you had to have like a ton of kids because, you know, right. half of them are going to die. Because you knew like six of them were going to die in the woods. Exactly. <laughs> so you're like, don't play in the woods, kids. Oh, well, you know, Timmy's an idiot. So he went to the woods and got killed. So yeah. 
Good thing I have lesson to you. seven more. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's their only strategy when you're the like by far weakest uh, humanoid form on the on the plane. You just gotta procreate a lot. Exactly. <laughs> um, which uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> the humans are what they are, I guess. <laughs> There's always a couple badass ones, but... That's true. Um, we'll, we'll meet them later, uh, and they will be... People will love them. It's great. Arlen <laughs> has a pack of wolves, and they are going to... Uh, they're running around. I think their names are like Streak, Redtooth, Boulder, and Patience. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they are running around the woods as they do. And then they're all obsessed, or Arlen is really obsessed with this white stag, which at first they're talking about stags a lot. Hey, actually, funny enough, we're drinking Alexander Keats. <laughs> and there's like a, there's a deer on the, the can. And we're there you about go. Stags. It was meant to be. Wow, it was meant to be. Um, anyway, so they're talking about the stag. And the whole time, all I'm thinking is Oko. Is this Oko? <laughs> Why are we talking about the stag so much? It's Oko, right? Or Oko did something. Where's Oko? You've had your cards turned into elk too many times. <laughs> I'm just expecting him it's to made be you, It's made you elk paranoid. Um, and anyway, so they're always hunting these, like, stags because they don't eat humans. They only eat animals, which is very, like, Twilight-esque. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, we're the good werewolves because we don't eat humans, you know? Right. Same thing. We're the good vampires. We drink... Except she's, like, the only one. Yeah, basically. Um... <laughs> And uh, her pack really wants to eat other things because, wow, it's so much better. Because um, they're wolves. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I mean, to be they fair, whatever. wolves don't usually eat humans, right? Not so whoop their ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why. Because my chest is as big as kegs right, of beer. Yeah. <laughs> Bounce right off me. <laughs> um, anyway, so Arlen finally finds this white stag, right? Um and then it turns out that she realizes it doesn't walk like a normal stag. So she's like, okay, I'm going to turn away from my wolf form. Which, by the way, they can just do this whenever they want. It's not like, a oh, the full moon comes out and they transform. Yeah, I was under the impression that Arlen was the only one who could control it coming into this. Because she's but, a planeswalker? Yeah, I don't know. I, I thought that was like something about her, that she was the only werewolf that like cared enough to learn to, to do control that. it somehow. But... I don't know. She definitely, she definitely can do it at whim. Whenever she wants. And this is also the beginning where we find out that she has like a satchel where she keeps her clothes in. Because when she changes between werewolf and human, like she takes off her clothes to not ruin them, basically. Right. Um, so this is a moment where she's like, oh, hey, that's not a real stag. I'm going to turn to a human to talk to this thing because I'm pretty sure it's, it's something else. It's this, yeah. Yeah, so she goes behind a tree to change. Um, and it turns out that the stag is actually Catilda, which is the Donhart coven witch uh, that we know yeah. who has protection from werewolves and stuff. Um, you've played enough Ministrad in Night Hunt Limited, you've gotten creamed by this card before. Yes. <laughs> um, so anyway, and then there's a whole talk about how she's indecent and Catilda's like, oh, whatever. And she like puts on her clothes. And The only reason I bring this up is because it gets weirder in the story later. If we know yeah. that this is a rule. They, they establish the rule that she has to do this. So that, that's, that's why. what I was going to say. I don't know if this was just for like a joke or something. Or it's like they wanted to be technical and, and bring up this point that everyone's wondering about. About what happens to her clothes. It's like I would never really have wondered that. But <laughs> I mean like I kind of wondered about it. But it didn't matter as much if they didn't specifically address it. And then continue to right. break their rule constantly. Or just not 
talk about the fact. Or I guess she's just like naked most of the story. That's what I think. <laughs> yeah. And not around the witches. Which but is... I'm also glad they didn't focus on her clothes every single time she transformed because it happens a lot. Yeah, but there were a couple times where it's like, why did you transform there? You know, you didn't have to do that. That was just for one. Anyway, we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> I don't want to be nitpicky at the beginning. Um, yeah. Anyway, so she talks to Catilda and it's all the exposition dump of like, uh, the the Celestis is what's going to help us uh, perform this ritual to get the balance of night and day back. But we can't do it because there's like this gold box. And the only way to open the gold box is with the moon silver key. Right. So, of course, Arlen decides that she's going to find it. Yeah, she is uh, a little dubious for about a sentence. And then she's like, okay, I'll do it. It's like, yeah, that, that's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, she, she. I think she was offended because Catilda... So, basically, we find out... And I, I'm not sure if we ever get full resolution on this, but this Donhart coven was in hiding or essentially not there while Avison was around. Um, and then they say something about, like, now that Avison's gone, we can come back and, and do our duty or whatever. Right. Okay. Not sure that ever gets explained or I missed it uh, <laughs> about why them and Avison were, like, at odds. But um, probably because they're, like, I guess. They're witches, they right? They're not really good. I don't know. Doesn't seem but like they're it. like they're like presented as good witches, like helping out the humans. Yeah, right. And I don't know if they were just like pissed off. It's like, hey man, we were the ones providing protection for the humans. What the fuck? You just got to make this super angel that can do all our jobs for us. We're yeah, going that's on true. strike. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, if you're reading the story and you're confused, uh, they refer to everything with Avison and everything from our last drunken Vorthos as the travails. So. Yes. Anytime they talk about the travails, that's what they're talking about. I figured that's probably what it was the first time or two, and then later I was like, okay, that's definitely it's it. It's definitely going to be it. wasn't aware of this word, and also uh, in French it's travail, which is like work. So I was oh. like pretty confused the first time I read <laughs> the great work of 2010. <laughs> I remember like, what the fuck? Um, um, anyway, so after this, uh, she's basically talking with Catilda, but gets interrupted by um, Tovalar, which of course is evil werewolf guy, kind of. Yeah. Not exactly. Yeah. He's evil, but like, the, no, he's probably evil. Probably the main antagonist. I mean, there are a few antagonists in this story, but he's mm -hmm. probably the main one. Uh, so he shows up and we get a quick little flashback of Arlen and we realize that she was turned into a werewolf by Tovalar 20 years ago. Um, mm -hmm. And we get on a cliffhanger of that first chapter. Oh my gosh. Though, is this something we already knew from before? I'm not quite sure. I don't know. <laughs> um, because Arlen actually featured, like, she, she wasn't featured very much in the previous story. She would, like, kind of incites her wolves to, like, protect something at one point. But I don't know how much of her was it was really about. Gotcha. It's more about, like, Jace getting Liliana to fight Emrakul and stuff. Like, Arlen was there, but... Uh, I don't know. I, yeah. Definitely, I don't think we got her origin story. For sure. Yeah. Um, that, that definitely makes sense. Because the other origin stories I was trying to read off of her didn't make a ton of sense. Um, we learn a bit about it through the story. And it's kind of uh, woven in, in flashbacks. Yeah. And we'll continue to get them uh, throughout the entire piece. Um, so moving into episode two, or chapter two. Um, this is more, uh, it's very wolfy. There's lots of, obviously there's lots of wolf things in this story. Um, but this <laughs> yeah. is more of like what it feels to be a wolf, all the smells and you're like, 
you know, the woods feel certain ways and I can... I, I felt it was like a bit much on that because it's like half the chapter is just like describing what it smells like or the the bestial i almost said bestial the bestial <laughs> nature of your heart uh, <laughs> so i actually liked that a bit more because it's better than some of the dialogue but um uh, I, I liked it i just felt it was laid on too thick and then i started to like it less okay but at the start i was like okay i could appreciate this like she's a wolf Mm-hmm. So she's describing the difference between being in her human form and her wolf form. There, Yeah, there are some times when it seems like I can't tell that they're, which form they're actually in. Um, and then they're yes, like, and then they transform. Field. I'm like, I thought you were already a wolf. The way that you were talking yeah. made it seem like you were already a wolf. So I'm confused. There's a time that happens later that I want, I want to hold that thought for because it really confused me at this later time. That's a big story point. But. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about and I definitely agree. Um, yeah. But anyway, this is kind of a getting back to her as like a girl and like how she was turned. And we, we realized that Tovalar used to be like her mentor. Um, and she was part of her, his pack, but she, they butted heads on certain aspects of being a werewolf, mainly the one of killing other people and hunting. Should, should you kill humans? Yeah. yeah. It's the classic, like, um, you are so powerful if you give into your instincts. Right. And mm-hmm. then, there's the person that's like, no, we can do so much good for the people that are weaker. And the other person's like, fuck the weak people. I want to be strong or whatever. So it's a very classic. Uh, you've, you've heard all the dialogue before, so we don't have to really go exactly. into it. You, you know what we're And it's about. like, well, they hunt us. And it's like, that's because they're scared of us. Yeah. yeah. So all that, those classic things. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, anyway... This is the moment where uh, Tovalar's like, hey, everyone, to all the werewolves. Also, Katilda just peaced out. But he's like, do you guys want to, like, hunt? He doesn't, he doesn't even take very much convincing. Just like, do you guys want to, like... I think he just howls, right? Basically. And then everyone's like, yep, I'm on board. And, Let's do it. Yeah, and Patience, like, stops for a second and looks at Arlen. And Arlen's like, I can't go. And then Patience's like, okay, well, I'm going. And yeah, we, so all of her wolf pack just goes immediately with yeah. him. And that's uh, portrayed in the card that's the one that steals a creature from your opponent. Pax Betrayal yeah. or something. Pax Betrayal. Oh, no. Um, Arlen's, like, crying. Mm-hmm. And all the wolves are, like, regular wolves, not, like, werewolves at that point. So I guess, can you turn into a werewolf? You can turn into a wolf whenever you want. But you, you can only turn into a werewolf when it's the full moon? The moon comes out at nighttime? I don't know. I think they kind of just used wolf and werewolf like interchange. Like they'd be like, he turned into a wolf. Yeah. I think her wolves were just actual wolves though. Really? Yeah. They're not like people that turned into wolves. They just are wolves. Oh. That's why she said something like wolves don't have names the same way people do, but I've named them for these things that happened. I didn't get that at all until now. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. They, they were literally just wolves. She was just hanging out yeah, with Yeah, like, they were just wolves, wolves that she has an affinity with. And she convinced them not to well, okay, well, cuz they don't eat people normally, so she wouldn't have to convince them to not eat people normally. But did they get She had them not eat the white stag, remember? Uh, yeah, that's true. But they were kind of peeved off about it. But, but it was also <laughs> like, why? I don't know. What do you eat then? And then I didn't know if that white stag was an illusion because the later one was an illusion. So then I'm like, is it the same? But Tovalar killed it and put its head on a stag. I mean, I, 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 <laughs> that's some stuff. <laughs> I don't get whether there really was a white stag or not, <laughs> <laughs> or what the meaning of the original white stag was. The the moral of the story is that there were some confusing parts at the beginning. I tried to skip over, and Jeff pulled us right back through it. But it's yeah. fine. Um, <laughs> 
So well, we're bringing up not knowing about what animals. I know, I know, I know, I know. Oh. <laughs> Fuck. But you know, her card makes wolves, right? So that's true. Right? That's what helped clue me in. I think these are just wolves. Okay, that makes sense. All right. So Arlen decides that she's going to go to Ravnica because, of course, every story needs Ravnica in it. Yeah. So I don't know if we, when we said the Moon Silver Key, if we mentioned the Harvest Tide Festival. But basically, there's this big festival, and they're going to do a big ritual, and that's what they need the key for. Um, and that's literally all the explanation she gives. Yeah. We're, we're going to do this festival that's ancient, and we have this ancient ritual magic, but we need a key for it. Sweet. Um, yeah. So, of course, who's going to know about it? Probably Jace. So, let's go to Ravnica. Yeah. Jace has to appear in the story at some point, right? Even if just for a line. Yeah. Um, so Arlen decides, oh, I'm going to go to Jace's Sanctum and, uh, whatever. Apparently Jace has some forms that you have to fill out to be entered into the Sanctum, I guess. Yeah. Cause he's the living guild pact, right? right. Is he still the living guild pact? I don't know. No, they changed it to, to somebody else, right? During the, the whole fucking war. Anyway, he's an important person on rap. Yeah. It was like Niv-Mizzet cause he was all the colors. Anyway, they show up to, uh, Jace's Sanctum. And uh, Teferi happens to be there, as well as Chandra and uh, Kaya, because uh, Kaya's just chilling now, I guess. Is done with whatever she was doing on Call Time. Didn't tell anybody about it. Didn't finish her, her goal of killing Vorinclex. And was just like, okay, I'm, what, I'm, what's next? <laughs> I don't know. It felt really weird, right? <laughs> but in like two years or something, when the next Praetor's around, Kaya will be there. Yeah. And my, my hunt for Vornklex led me here. Tirelessly, I've been searching for you. It's like, but, uh, what? That's bullshit. I know for a fact you were just chilling in Jace's sanctum. Yeah, like, what Trying the to mac on Teferi. Like, okay, Kaya, I get it that, like, you're in, you're on, like, one card in Midnight Hunt. Like, the one that's unplayable and limited. I know. Once <laughs> once those people showed up, I was like, oh, yeah. I didn't even notice that those be, like those characters were on cards. But now I'm like, oh yeah, Kaya's on one and Chandra's on one. Yeah. yeah that's true. So it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, they were there. And Teferi's on two, I guess. But it's just like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Anyway, so they're there. And of course, Chandra has like the the best dialogue, which is always just her being brash about everything and like really rude. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the joke is that Jace walks in and he's upset with, Arlen because she filled out the forms in pencil instead of ink. <laughs> it's just like, what is this? It was so weird. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, they all basically immediately agree to help her find this moon silver key on Innistrad. Yeah, because well, what else are they going to do besides make sure that <laughs> the daytime comes to a plane that they don't care about? I don't know. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> it seems so ridiculous but i mean teferi the funny thing is teferi seems like he's so important you know he's such an important yeah. dude and then he's just dicking around with whatever <laughs> like yeah all right i'll go to innistrad and look for a key like teferi you are you the last quest you joined in on was because they had to get rid of like nickel bolas who was going to destroy the multiverse like sure that makes sense i have yeah. to go 
to the Innistrad to find a key. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't die. <laughs> because some crazy witch I talked to in the woods seems to think it'll help. Yeah. <laughs> the night's getting a bit longer. Also, like, Ar- how how much they actually trust Arlen? Like, how much do they know her besides a person that showed up to the war? Uh, like, they fought, like, Teferi didn't, but I guess Chandra and Jace, like, fought Emrakul and she was there. And she there, was there, right? so I guess I they know. know her well through that, but, like... Kaya seems like she can just do whatever. I, I don't know. It just seemed like a ragtag bunch of people. I don't know if they're more important for the next set. I hope they're more important for the next set. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it seemed like they were kind of cherry-picked for very specific reasons. Of I have to imagine their cards in the next set, right? They've, they've, but I don't know. Like, are we getting a Chandra and Kaya card in the next Because set? a lot of the time, the, the deep reasoning for all of this is the just color balance of Planeswalkers. They just want balance of different colored planeswalkers in the format at all times you know you can't have every planeswalker in the set be red and so it's like all right we have chandra who's red then we have teferi who's blue and we have black and and white and then all right i guess ren and seven was on the plane too yeah except for (laughs) our planeswalkers are green and red green and white and blue like it's not they didn't i know but i guess the next set will be kaya and then Chandra so white and red. black and red and then somebody maybe Olivia Voldaren will become a or Soren I guess we'll get Soren which is another white black planeswalker like I don't know it doesn't make any sense yeah that doesn't make sense I, <laughs> I mean Soren doesn't have to feature he might not be the groom that, I, that's true They've or maybe Kaya's just not a card I don't know I don't know anyway you're uh <laughs> this is anyways they get instantly convinced yeah they get instantly convinced that like you know this is what we got to do, um, and that's kind of just the end of that next chapter. I did like the the like lame joke when uh, Arlen shows up and Teferi's like, "Oh, you look tired," and she's like, "I am," and he's like, "Oh, well, if you came here to ask me to like slow down the night so that you can or, oh uh, right sleep more, like you come to the wrong place," and it's like. I actually did come here to ask you to like fix night and day for me. So. Yeah, that's true. But except for it's the opposite. I want you to keep it day longer and not night longer. Right. Um, yeah. But it's like. <laughs> I mean, the the theme with all of these is that it's like five stories, <laughs> five short stories, and so it always moves crazy fast. And so there, it's always like, all right, we just got to hit the plot point and then move to the next one. And there's very little motivation for how all of this would actually happen. Like. Yeah. You know, Chandra might be the kind who's like, sure, I'll help you find a random key in Innistrad because, like, she's impulsive like that. <laughs> I have a hard time imagining Teferi being like, he immediately understood how important this was. and like, Yeah, he's the biggest he one. immediately understand that? I don't know. I also feel like, well, we'll talk about it. Well, we'll, we'll talk about it. But I think before we do that, we should go to a beer break and grab our next beer. Good call. Oh, baby, this next one. I've been waiting to do this beer for a while, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, this beer was the one I would drink all the time when I first moved here because it was so cheap and my budget was... (laughs) uh, And also, this isn't one that I remember seeing uh, in the States. Like, I wasn't used to to this beer being around. Mm -hmm. So I remember seeing it and being like, oh, my gosh, there's a beer called Dab? That's hilarious <laughs> yeah. to me. Thought it was so funny. Um, so I'm like sending it to all my friends. Hey, there's a beer called Dab. Um, apparently, it's been around since 1868. Yeah, they were just dabbing long before we were. That's yeah. They 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 made Dab what it is. 
Um, yeah. So this is a beer that's brewed in Germany. Um, and it is, the style, it just says German style. But if you look it up, um, it says it's a blonde lager. Um, yeah. Specifically saying a bottom fermented blonde lager, which I'm pretty sure all lagers are supposed to be bottom fermented if I'm... If yeah, I'm that's correct. correct. Bottom yeah. fermented is the defining quality of a lager. Of a lager. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so, Jeff, why why is DAB called DAB? <laughs> well, it's an acronym, of course. Uh, Dortmunder Aktien Brauerei. Uh, yes, there we go. Which uh, we're pretty sure the first word is Dortmund. Mm-hmm. The last word is brewery. And I did look it up, and it, apparently Aktien, the middle word, translates to acts. So I'm not sure that's quite right in context, but uh, I think it's Dortmund Axe Brewery. Perfect. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. So this is like, it even says like Dortmunder export. So like, is it Dortmund yeah. or Dortmunder? I think it's like, oh no, it is Dortmund. All right. Uh, so well, in English, it's probably Dortmund and then in German, yeah, it's probably Dortmunder. That makes sense. Uh, so that's the place that it's brewed. Um, and Dab is the brewery. Of course, um, and they make a couple different beers that I didn't know about until uh, recently. <laughs> Neither um, did I. There's a darker version. Uh, there's a lighter version. There's a bunch of different versions of Dab. It's been around for a long time. Um, it's five percent, like most of these, but also in the nineteen, uh, let's see, specifically nineteen hundred, it won like gold at the Paris World Fair, um, which okay. was uh, the World's Fair. So at one point, this was like the beer. And they talk a lot about, um, I, uh, like this was supposed to be uh, originally sent out and like um, diluted with water, but then people didn't dilute it and they just thought it tasted really good. So then they're like, oh, hey, I guess it's just, that's the style. That's I guess how... 5% was like big time at, the, at that era. Maybe, that era, yeah. Or... I think they were talking also the taste was possibly too much or something at the time. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> which is kind of funny. <laughs> now it's like lightly flavored beer. Exactly. Um, and they were like, oh yeah, you just like, it's, it was kind of like concentrate juice and then you just water it down. Um, uh-huh. but that was the idea. And anyway, people just like started. Starbucks cold brew coffee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, um, this stuff. That's kind of sick if you like, cause that's actually not a bad idea to reduce the cost. Make this like beer sludge for mm-hmm. people to pour water into. And then everyone's just like, nah, I just love it as is. You like stumbled onto a yeah, a beer recipe that's now survived almost 200 years here, 150 years here. That's, that's crazy. Pretty sweet. So yeah, like you were saying, mine just says the original style from Germany is, mm-hmm, is what, yeah. what the beer type is. Mm-hmm. So and they, they also claim to be the, uh, the, the beginning of this style of beer, um, mm-hmm. that other beers should taste like this kind of. Like, we're the ones who right. did this first because of the way that we were trying to yeah. make a thing. I mean, it was an accident, be... but we still did it first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, anyway, jumping back into Magic Story, Midnight Hunt, mm-hmm. we have places to go, people to see, keys to find. Yeah. Tell me about the fall of the House of Betzold. Ooh. So, I'm going to call them the gang. So, the gang, head back to Innistrad. So, this is uh, Arlen Cord. Teferi, Chandra, and Kaya. Uh, they leave Jace yeah, behind. I would say it's the Gatewatch, but Arlen's technically... Is she, there's no Oath of Arlen, I don't think. She is not the Gatewatch, no. Also, Jace they, was... The rest of them are. Jace decided not to show up, because he's like, um, it's not that important to me. 
So, mm-hmm. I, also, I think they're just like, you know what? We just don't need another Jace card. So they just thought they'd leave him. Uh, <laughs> leave him be. We need more Jace. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they show up to Thraben, which last time we were at Thraben, uh, it was a fucking war zone. So it is demolished. Like, it's used to be a very important church, uh, the symbol of Avacyn. It was like the Church of Avacyn, kind of. It was like this huge symbol of hope. Uh, that is where the Hell Vault was uh, placed. Um, blah, blah, blah. Emrakul came and fucked everything up. Anyway, <clears throat> so now it smells like shit. Jeff, why does it smell like shit there? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you'll remember, in fighting Emrakul, Liliana, who, by the way, was uh, the last hope uh, for the plane, mm-hmm. summoned a whole bunch of zombies to basically like keep Emrakul busy, I guess. Just... I don't, I don't totally remember just, exactly what yeah, this army of zombies right? it was a ended up playing. Um, but she sent wave after wave of zombies. Anyways, they beat Emrakul. They imprisoned her in the moon, uh, which was Emrakul's plan all along. We covered that last episode, if you want. Last uh, Vorthos episode, if you want to check that out. But <laughs> the hilarious thing here is that she's like, okay, I'm, we won. I'm going to peace out. And everyone around is like, Liliana, can you hold on a second? There's like thousands of zombies everywhere. And she just says, you know, they could be pretty useful. Just get creative and, and they'll help you out. So she just leaves. And so this place is just full of zombies that Liliana yeah. left here and just didn't care about. And people are like, well, we, we're not going to go near that place because it smells like death for some reason. Yeah. It's just thousands of zombies everywhere. It's kind of like the end of Shaun of the Dead where there's a bunch of zombies everywhere and then the people of like London decide that they're just going to make them have menial jobs, like bag groceries and like put shopping carts <laughs> yeah, together. It's essentially what Liliana was suggesting. It's like, Oh, they do a bunch <laughs> of stuff. It's great. Um, so everyone's basically holding their nose and there's a whole section about them talking about how bad it smells. Um, and then we meet, uh, Adeline, Adeline. I believe that's how you pronounce that. I think so. Um, and that is the, uh, our, our Cathar hero of, uh, Innistrad. Yeah. She comes up and, of course, is uh, wanting to fight through all the stuff. I, I think, I don't really remember how they, like, got on the same path. But for some reason, she joins up at this moment. And um, Well, she so she actually met them back with Katilda. Like, she, like so Arlen brings the party to go meet Katilda. And Katilda's like, yes, indeed, you need the Moon Silver Key. And then they're like, oh, do you know where it last was? And she's like, no. <laughs> and they're like, okay, cool. But the, the main thing you get out of that meeting is that Adeline was there uh, with mm. Katilda. And so Adeline's like, yo, I'll join you. Uh, right. Right, right, and, right. And then they're like, I don't know, maybe the best place to go look for the key is probably the church stole it. Um, because, you know, they've been known to be slightly sketchy corrupt. in the past. Yes, Thanks, corrupt like, is the right word. Yeah. So let's go to Thraben, which is where the, the head honcho church used to be. Yeah. Um, so they're there, and everyone's introducing themselves to Adeline, and of course Chandra has to jump in before someone says that, oh, this is Chandra. She needs to butt in because she's fiery, I guess, um, mm-hmm. is the idea of that. Um, but quickly, Adeline and Chandra become best friends because uh, mm-hmm. they fight. They just like fighting. They're like, you know what? How are we going to get through these zombies? Everyone's like, I don't know. How do you get through zombies? I don't know. And Chandra's like, I'm going to start blasting. And she just started Yeah, I'll just fireballs. light them all on fire. Yeah. Um, and Adeline's like, cool, I'm going to start slashing. And Adeline just slashes them up. And, uh, you know, they, they that's basically what they do for the entire story. They're like, can we fight now? Sick. And, yeah. Yeah. 
Oh man. So we get into the church and at this point, uh, we're looking for Warren, who's like an old priest that used to, to work there. And this is the church that Arlen used to go to. So it's kind of rough for her to be back here. Um, cause she's constantly being pulled between like what she knew as a human, which is like the church and like believing in hope and like, uh, humanity and also her wolf instincts of like but you should just let loose kind of yeah maybe it's like a reasonable time to talk a bit about her backstory again you know like you said she was turned into a werewolf by tovalar uh and then she went out hunting with tovalar at nights um basically didn't like what she had become because she i think she killed somebody she killed like uh I think it just said the boys in her village that used to steal pies or something. Mm-hmm. And then they were out hunting werewolves and they shot her with a bolt. And then when she came to, they were all dead. Uh, and so she joined the church as a way to like fight off her own condition. You know, it was too, she was having fun being a wolf until she actually killed somebody. Uh, and then that was too much for her. So she's like, I'm going to join the church and try to fight this. Mm-hmm. And so she was a church for a long time. And so she knew this war and, the priest who was one of her instructors or whatever at the church. Exactly. Um, so we get into the church and we meet Warren and he is zombie, you know, uh, mm-hmm. just like everyone else that's around because like, it's just, you know, been fucking zombies. And there's something about Warren's family, the bed sold somehow they knew that they had the key, but I forget how that happened. Yeah. Um, I think it was a woman on the road kind of told them this kind of thing. Yeah, it was like a random thing, right? There's just like this woman's like, oh yeah, someone gave that to Bitsoul. Um, so anyway, they're trying to talk to Warren because they're like, oh, well, even if he's a zombie, he might be able to tell us some information. So they're like basically shaking the zombie, being like, where's the key? And he just keeps saying Denik, Denik over and over again. And uh, Oh, hold on. I just oh. remembered. Kaya like scouts ahead and finds a book. That says that the Bitsolds had the key. Oh, right. Of course. Because she does ghost <laughs> yeah. stuff. And then... This is why Kaya's here. Yeah. So she can do ghost things and like reconnaissance or whatever. Right. For um, easy storytelling. Uh, <laughs> but And then Arlen's like, I remember a Bitsold from when I was a, a student at the church. It's this Warren guy. Right, 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 right. And not spelled like you think it is Warren, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so they're trying to figure out uh, where the key is. But he doesn't have anything to say besides Denik. Uh, which we find out is actually his son. And um, because that information seems fairly useless or whatever. um, (laughs) They kill him. They kill him. At the time, it feels more vicious uh, because Mm -hmm. (laughs) it feels like Arlen's like, oh, okay, well, he keeps saying Denik, whatever the fuck that is. And then she just snaps (laughs) his neck, right? Um, It's not exactly what happens, I guess, but... um, Doesn't she turn into a wolf? Like, I'm just imagining her, like, calmly putting her clothes... This is the same thing. Like, so she snaps his neck, but like, is she super strong? As like her, I don't know, f- how old is she? I, like, well, 30? he's also a decayed zombie at That's this point. That's true. So she could, idea, anyone so could do it. But, um, but I was also like, is that gonna kill him? Like, he's a zombie. Is it another <laughs> time? So this is the thing. Like, is this another time where she takes her clothes off, puts it in a bag, turns into a wolf, <laughs> and then kills somebody, and then turns back into a naked woman and puts her clothes back on? It's maybe, maybe, or she just like human breaks the zombie's neck because you could probably do that, or, or she's just naked the whole time because she anticipates having to change back and forth. Except for we see her as a wolf with torn clothes on, so she must wear them 
Sometimes. Maybe she puts them on right before she transforms so that she can have that She, look. she moves into her, like, torn clothes. Look. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, anyway, we uh, we kill Warren, which is kind of sad, but, like, also weird. Um, Put him to rest more because he's a useless babbling zombie. Exactly. Basically. It's more of, like, a, a... It's a nice, peaceful thing. But, um... Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know zombie etiquette. Like, but she was also, like, you know, there were stories of him, like, wrapping her knuckles when she was at the school and stuff. So it felt like maybe there was a little bit of revenge in there. Exactly. So, um, it's, it's, I, I don't know. What is zombie etiquette? Like, if there's somebody that you didn't like when in the living, can you just kill them and say you were putting them to rest, but really you were just killing them, right? Like, is that... Really, you just wanted to take a baseball bat to their head for your whole life, and now you have the chance. And, and no one can be, like, upset with you. Is that why people like zombie movies? Anyway, off topic. Um, uh, but then we quickly head out from there, and uh, we're, we're going to somewhere else. I do want to note that this is the time that we're around zombies, and uh, they seem fairly useless and easy to kill. Um, if you've played Midnight Hunt Limited, um, that is not the case. And they are not as... The game makes them much stronger than they are in the story. <laughs> so, Let's just say that you would never, ever cast Light Up the Night, Chandra's card, mm -hmm. on a zombie in, <laughs> in Midnight Hunt. Never. You'd have to be in dire straits. Like, you're at two, they have a decayed zombie, and that's your only card in hand. You're like, fuck, I gotta do this? I guess I gotta do this. Because I guess, so, mid, <laughs> Light Up the Night has, is like X and a red, so you could kill a zombie for two because it gives you plus one whatever X is. Right. So for two mana, you can kill a zombie, but like, it also makes it seem like you can kill a ton of zombies, right? So Right, because uh, that card is representing a time when Chandra just like fought off hundreds of zombies with fire. You also flash it back by using Planeswalker Loyalty. So it also seems like that was going to be a very pivotal moment where someone was in dire straits. Like you have to use but the last of your loyalty abilities to get this. But it wasn't. Yeah. It was just like, let's just fucking... That seemed weird, right? It seemed weird. Yeah. I was expecting that to be towards the end of the story, but it's at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Don't, don't get me started on like the story spotlights in this story. because I know. <laughs> they're all... They're all underwhelming. Yeah, but. maybe we'll uh, look through them at the end and try to put them in order, but uh, uh, <laughs> they are... So I have already looked at them, actually. I have... There's one that stands out that I want your opinion on at the end. But. I am excited to hear about that. Uh, but moving right along, we're going to find Denik. So, um, right, which we know as players is a pious apparition at this exactly. point. Exactly. Um, <laughs> the card that we are expecting to be standard legal, but didn't really get there or not standard legal sorry standard it's, like, it's legal yeah. <laughs> it's legal and standard but it's not playable exactly um so we decide not yet not yet not yet that's true so we are getting to a haunted house and this is the house of uh betzold which is the, the title of the, the whole chapter yeah so um, warren's house classic uh we go to this haunted house full of ghosts and everyone's uh -huh. like, "Oh, I'm too scared to go into yeah, the house that's of ghosts." Awkward. But there is one person who's not scared, though, right? Kaya. And Kaya's like, "Don't worry, guys. I got this. I'm gonna fucking shred this place." And she just goes into her ghost form and fucking murders everybody. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a scene where they describes uh, Chandra and Adeline, the two like bloodthirsty ones, peeking through the window and just like gasping as, as like, <laughs> Kaya kills all these ghosts. But it's like, sick. <laughs> okay. 
And she's like, oh, I'm going to go in, wait five minutes, and then follow me. And then she just massacres the whole place. And what I thought yeah. was so funny, so they get up to the top, and then they, have, they bust through the door or something, and Kaya's just chilling there with Denik. And she's like, hey, yeah. that wasn't five minutes, you know? It's like, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> um, and then... Well, I think Teferi says it, and she's like... Uh, I don't trust your sense of time or something. Yeah, right. Oh, there's some time <laughs> jokes with Tim. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Denik is there, and the whole time he's talking to these people, he's obviously wondering why they're there, but he's hoping they're here, there for a visit to come hang out with him. Because yeah, a social visit. Yeah. yeah, he's a really lonely ghost because um, he hasn't been around people for a long time. Also, because Kaya murdered everyone that he could talk to in the house. <laughs> But also, I'm just imagining that, so she's murdering all the ghosts, right? Like, yeah. You know, what, what did we use before, like, uh, putting them to rest? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, but she she also, when you go in, is sitting there with Denik. It's like, here's your guy. So she's just going up to every ghost. Are you Denik? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Are you Denik? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my god and the ghosts are i guess pretty dumb because they're not eventually just claiming to be denik yeah <laughs> oh man or they want to be gone or something and then who I... knows maybe denik also would have been like no kill me yeah maybe i don't know i don't know what it's like to be a ghost or a zombie so or a ghost hunter for that matter that is true uh but anyway we figure out who denik is and then he um we're quickly talking about his father, which is, of course, Warren, who we cracked his neck earlier. Um, mm -hmm. And he's, we're talking about him, and he's like, oh, is he okay, I guess? But they're like, oh, he's he's put to rest. And yeah. Denik is like, oh, was he undead? And they're like, yeah, mm -hmm. sorry. And so Denik didn't even know that his dad was like a zombie. Well, he's a ghost. Yeah. So it's like, are you really... How, is it that bad, I guess? Maybe being a zombie sucks. I mean, being a ghost is better, for sure, than being a zombie. Maybe. But it did seem like it kind of hurt his... It just made him feel I mean, he upset. also wants them to put him to rest, right? So. But they don't, right? They don't kill him. Or, or whatever. Yeah. They promise to. I don't think it actually says whether they do or not. Like, that's, he promises them the information about the key in exchange for putting him to rest, because he's so lonely. All right, well, I, yeah. Anyway, the, the I think. Betzold family decided that they were going to give the fucking key to Soren Markov, because, sure. Yeah, so yeah, that's what we learned from Danik, is that uh, his grandfather, so I guess Warren's father, or his uncle or something, so Warren's brother, yeah. decided to give the key to a vampire, and they're all like, what vampire? And as the reader, we're like, we all know which fucking vampire it was. And, and then... Uh, he's like, that's the house of Markov. And then they're all like, man, I really wish you had said almost anything else, but okay. <laughs> yeah, we don't love, we don't love hanging out with uh, Soren. Um, he's pretty intense. <laughs> he's <laughs> old and he's really intense. Especially like on, you know, ever since he like killed his own angel and then got locked in his wall and had to like eat his way out or some or shit. Whatever he he's did. He's been kind of moody. Are you sure it was Markov and not Falkenrath? Did you yeah. give it to Klaus? Yeah, Klaus, <laughs> he's the scarecrow in the field, so... Yeah, we'll just check his pockets. He probably still has it, you know. <laughs> um, anyway, so they're like, all right, let's go to Markov Manor, because we have to get this fucking key. Um, yeah. 
by the way, it's fairly easy to get to the, all these places. It goes very uh, quickly. Um, they must have like a teleportation device or something. I guess they. I think it said something like it took them a week to get to Thraben, but then they never mentioned how long it takes ever again. Yeah, and um, also, isn't this festival like imminent? Like, is this pressure time? Like, I, I can't really tell if this matters. How quickly. I don't know. Was the festival supposed to be like at the end of the you know six months away, or was it like, dude, we're doing this like in two weeks? Can you get it? I don't know. I, I have no idea. We, there's we have the whole plan. We don't know where the key is. We need you to get it by tomorrow. Is we, that cool? Yeah, we need you to get it at <laughs> a point in time, and probably by the time you get it. The festival will be starting, so that'll be good. Yeah, it'll be really ideal. Yeah, it, lucky. I think this story could have used a clock. It would have been nice to know when we needed it by and be worried mm -hmm. about it. But um, instead, no, we're not worried at all. Uh, we just know that there's a fun story we're going on, which is also good, I guess. Um, and also, like, having the, oh, dude, we need this in two weeks. And it would have been really hard for them to track that because the day-night cycle's out of whack. So they would have that's been, true. Like, what is going on? That would be pretty interesting, too. Um, there are some interesting things that could have happened that uh, didn't. But anyway, <laughs> um, I guess maybe most people wouldn't care about the day-night cycle being okay. Was it so we had this many hours, but the day so it's actually nighttime during <laughs> yeah. the day now. Like that, maybe that wouldn't be that exciting. But it's something they could have just like mentioned in in passing, and I'd be like, oh yeah, that is kind of true. It would be harder to track. Yeah, yeah or it doesn't even, have to be like exact calculations. It could even be just like slowly we know that like it's getting darker each day and like we're worried about it, but we don't have. A, I guess it's. I guess it's just we don't have enough time to do that because. <laughs> and I love how it always mentions like the frost and the cold and stuff. I'm like, are you sure it's not just winter? Like, yeah. it gets darker <laughs> earlier in the winter, guys. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we don't use a celestis to make sure that it becomes spring or whatever. So. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's the real story. It's just they, they it's just, have to do this ritual for spring to happen. Yeah. <laughs> they do it every year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking witches are dumb. Anyway. Because yeah. um, <laughs> everything's magic. There's no science anywhere. Um, yeah. So. They figured out the whole orbit. Yeah, but like for the planes, are they on planets in, I don't know. I don't understand. Well, they have suns and moons. That's so. true. So they must be in some sort of solar system. Yeah. Anyway, we get to Markov <laughs> Manor. And as always, Markov Manor is like floating stones and broken stuff. And, and yeah. everyone is still stuck in stone besides Sorin, you know. So mm -hmm. there's like, you know, whales and pain and just, you know, kind of shit everywhere eventually. It's, it, I mean, not eventually. It, but I don't know what the word I'm trying to say is, but there's pain around. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> inevitably. Inevitably. Yeah, yeah, there we go. And so we're, we're like walking around and we're trying to, to find Soren because we're thinking that if we talk to him, he'll tell us where the, the key is. Um, mm -hmm. Which is. He seems like a good dude. Yeah, totally. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. <laughs> um, he's super chill. Um, and this is one of the, the parts where I'm like, why? Why is this? Why was this added? So. Uh, there's a moment before they go into this chamber where Soren Markov is in. And they're like knocking on the door or something. And Arlen Kord decides to turn into her wolf version of herself to like bust through the door or something. Yeah. Does that. But right before she like looks at them and makes a joke about like being house trained or something. Like she's, she won't pee on the floor as like a dog, I guess. And then, and then bust <laughs> through the door and then is like her herself again and it's just a yeah. weird moment like 
Why did you... So did you take your clothes off, turn into a wolf, and then say, I'm house trained, and then bust through a door, and then turn back to a naked human and put on your clothes, and then walk While in? While you're making this joke, yeah. It's so... <laughs> it's just weird. Because we learned that she can't really speak in her wolf form that effectively, because yeah. her mouth is misformed. Yeah. So she turned back into human, cracked that joke while she's, like, getting dressed. <laughs> my my only thought was, like, she's in front of Adeline, I guess, transforming for the first time. And humans are, like, apprehensive about werewolves. So she's trying to smooth it put over. her at yeah. ease. But, you know, the whole, like, just imagining her stripping while she's trying to put her at ease about it. It just makes it much funnier. It's just, it's so weird. And again, I wouldn't be thinking most of this stuff if they didn't explicitly tell me that this is how it worked at the very beginning. And there, and there's literally no need for that. They're like, oh, it, it required her to be a wolf to break through this door. It's like, or the door could have been unlocked. Yeah. Or Chandra <laughs> could have burned it down. This is irrelevant to the story. It's, it's just, it's really strange. But it's our main character, so I guess it has to be... But, but one thing that did happen first, and this is kind of key... Okay. Arlen gave a prayer to Avison mm. before entering. Because she's from the Church of Avison, and that's just ingrained in her. That's true. So she was like, all right, we're about to go try and find this moon silver key. Let's give a, a prayer to our, our holy angel. Exactly. Uh, so we go into the door, and of course it's just Soren's got his feet kicked up. On his fucking desk. And He's reading his journal. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it gets kind of heated quickly. Just being like, why are you, Why did you come to my house? Why are you here? Why did you break my door? Um, why are you naked? And uh, what do you want? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And Teferi's like, oh, big courtly bow. Like, good to see you again, Lord Markov. We want a moment of your time and we'll be brief. And Soren's like, LOL, just tell me what the fuck you want. Yeah. And then Teferi just looks <laughs> You're back. already not being brief, bro. Yeah. And he like turns back and does the, uh, I don't know, I tried. Kind of shrug of the arms. We, w we want your key. And so they're like, we want the moon silver key. And, and Soren's like, ha no, you're not getting that. Sorry. Yeah, just like throws out another LOL. Basically. Like, no, seriously, what, what did you come all this way for? And Arlen's like, well, Soren, you know, you're not the only person that cares about Innistrad. I've been working really hard for the last few years, going around and trying to save people. And he's just like, fuck you. Are you fucking kidding me? That really me? pissed him off. You yeah. know how much <laughs> shit I've been doing for thousands of years for this fucking plane. You don't give a shit about this plane. Not compared to what I care. That's what he basically says. Which is a pretty good point. He made an angel and then it saved everyone for a while until the angel went fucking crazy. And then he had to kill it. And then he's just, he's got a lot of stuff going on. Um, yeah, <laughs> and the fact that she thought that she was like an equal to him was insulting to him, which kind of makes sense because like you're also like only like thirty seven ish, maybe Arlen <laughs> is, and he's like so old. He's like you're a Tens fucking of child. Thousands of years yeah, he's like you're a fucking child. Don't try to talk to me as if we're equals. Um, so he just mm -hmm. starts slashing. He comes towards her. He's yeah. just like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck you. I'm gonna kill you if you're gonna talk like as this. you do with children. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. They're not behaving appropriately you take out your sword and yeah, you just started, slap him he started hitting them. and um oh man um so of course this is so this is also like she's still a human at this point right 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's yeah, down. Yeah, she like, like blocks a blow with her forearm and starts bleeding everywhere. Yeah. So she's uh, bleeding, and it's like, you can't do very, you can't block many more of those and mm-hmm. live through it. Uh, right. So it's looking pretty bad quickly, and uh, nobody else is doing anything. It's just them two. So Teferi could stop time or whatever he does. Chandra could start shooting stuff. Kaya could, anyone could intervene. Kaya was like, I would help, but that's, he's not a ghost, so. Yeah, Kaya, useless. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Adeline is like, I'm just waiting for Chandra to do something because she seems to know what's going on. Yeah. And uh, luckily for Arlen Cord, we get a an angel to come and save her. The the best angel on the plane I get right now, I guess. Isn't it like pretty much the only one? Yeah. Oh, well, no, I guess there's the half evil one, half regular one that doesn't feature in the story but it's technically there yes so sigarda comes down and apparently sigarda has been answering avison prayers because people only believe in avison and have her collar and everything but sigarda i gotta still say cares. that's a that's a bro move when it's like that's they're calling fucking... for your sister but you're like you know what i don't even care they need my help mm, not even exactly your sister she's just like a, a creation that some vampire planeswalker made that you decided was going to be on your side. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Like they're calling for your like friend and then you show up and they're like, okay, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're still like doing that work. Exactly. <laughs> so Sigarda comes, saves the dame. Not only does she save Arlen Cord from Soren and starts fighting him. Yeah. For she her. like blocks his sword with her hair and uh, scythe. Yeah. Um, she tells them exactly where the moon silver key is, right? She's just like, yeah. it's over there. It's like it's in his room. <laughs> and then the and Teferi's like, okay, I'm gonna go get it. And they and him and yeah. a couple other people run away. And then she looks at Arlen, who's still there, and she's like, go, get out of here. Get, get out of here. And then Adeline's like, we would really just get in her way if we tried to help her. And Arlen Cord's like, you're probably right. But for me, it really felt like Sigarda was having that moment with the dog. He's like, you just get, you get out of here right now. You don't belong here. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Um, and then Sigarda just starts fighting Soren, and they're still fighting to this day. Yeah, that's the last we hear of those two characters. I'm sure uh, <laughs> whichever one marries Olivia, we're supposed to figure out won the fight, I guess. But Yeah, or, you know, didn't die. I guess they're, I don't know. <laughs> um, so they're still fighting, and then the end of the chapter is they find this Moon Silver Key, and hooray! We found it! Yay! Yeah. Which is depicted in the card, Secrets of the Key. Yes. Seems poorly named. They didn't discover any of its secrets. They just found it. They just found it. <laughs> uh, moving on to episode four, which is the Harvest Tide. We are yes. met with Olivia Valderin. Yes. Vampire extraordinaire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she has ripped off a woman's face and placed it over her own, as far as I can tell. And while bathing in blood. This is so, what she's doing at the time. Basic vampire stuff, you know? Yeah, just classic vampire noble shit. Exactly. Uh, she's wearing her mask. Uh, she's got to make sure that her uh, her cheeks get rosy, right? It's important. Yeah. Uh, she's worried about taking it off too early because it was kind of a little bit of a pain to, like, take off this woman's face and leave it intact. Like, that's kind of a pain in it's the face to actually yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, um, Trust me, it's really difficult. Like, yeah, it's harder than it sounds. It you really know, you is. think you could do it, but like you're gonna, it's gonna pull at the edges. It's gonna, you know, start to get some tears. You don't want to have to go through. That. You, and you spend a lot of time to get these masks, uh, so they're they're fairly hard to come by. 
because um, sometimes you know the blood's already gone from your victim by the time you get their face so you're like yeah you gotta work quickly that's part of the thing it's delicate work yeah, yeah. it's it's you need very small fingers to do it so mm-hmm. anyway be efficient uh so her her uh servant comes in and he like collects bones or something so she doesn't give a shit about him because she thinks that he's garbage it's like oh this yeah. fucking bone collector comes in like fuck you bone collector anyway uh, i think there was something about him making furniture which i wasn't sure was a joke or not out of if he bones? like uses know. the bones to make furniture for vampires or something anyway so he's like he does make he does make good furniture but other than that he's useless it's like is that for real or yeah I don't does know. he make bone furniture so he <laughs> just goes around finding bones i guess and he just like does stuff but he finds out that the. i mean to be fair that's a weirdo i'd be like yo don't talk to the bone guy yeah but like also i wouldn't talk to the fucking blood bathing mask chick like you know oh i would for sure <laughs> <laughs> i'd be like please don't murder me but i want to say when you become a documentary in like 20 years yeah i spoke to you oh god um, that i was the one who reported you to the police <laughs> Anyway, so he's out and he's trying to collect some bones, but he finds out about the Harvestide Festival and that they're making effigies of Olivia Voldaren. And uh, he was really pissed about it so that he killed the person that had the effigy and then burned the effigy, which Olivia Voldaren was not very happy about um, because she's like, why would you do that? Just let them go to the place that they're going and uh, we can figure out more information that way. Yeah. And then she even said, like, take the effigy back and, like, we'll, have, we'll put it here. Like, it's a statue of me. I kind of want it. Yeah, it's fucking cool. <laughs> um, and then also he finds out that the gang is headed towards there with the Moon Silver Key. So he's really just a mm-hmm. scout at this point. Like, he just finds out information. And he's like, yeah. what should I do? Should I try to go kill them? And she's like, well, no. You just never interrupt someone who's doing your own work for you. Like, just, mm-hmm. just let it go. Like Plus... You suck, bone guy. Yeah. You're not going to do a good job. You can't job. beat Teferi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, here, I don't know. You can't. Come on, bone guy. Bone God. furniture, man. Do you um, think you could beat Teferi? You can get a name for this story. I'm pretty sure, luckily, through this whole thing, uh, she didn't have to take her mask off. So, um, that's nice. Props. Good job. Yeah. Like, that's, so you know, it's always great when you don't have to ruin the, the face, the person's face that you put on your face. So we are now at the Harvest Tide Festival. Um, yeah, I really hope it doesn't get stormed. That would be just a bummer, right? Like, yeah, it, it seemed really nice. So there's this witch, uh, Didamia, and she's like carving these pumpkins into like suns or something, and then they glow when she does it. And these little kids. Because everyone are... needs a little more sun at this point. Exactly. Yeah, the kids have these suns. It's just it's a beautiful, pe- like moment of hope. And then there's some howls we hear. Mm. Oof, that's not a good thing to hear. This might come as a surprise, but it's Tovalar. Oh shit! It's Tovalar and his gang of wolves. I forgot about them. That was so long ago. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And uh, they just like remember their thing is like killing humans, I guess. And oh shit! Was wait, a wait, whole wait, wait. lot of humans gathered in one spot. But there's also children, humans, and like adult humans. Wow. Yeah, I don't think they care, man. That's... I don't think they care. So the festival gets stormed real bad uh-huh. by lots of werewolves, big ones, hungry ones. Yeah. If you've ever played against the card storm, the festival, it kind of reflects what happens here. Like, they get fucked up. Yeah. 
like something gets played and then a bunch of stuff happens and then everything gets like just pushed. And you're like, how did that happen so quickly? I thought I was fine and then yeah. I wasn't fine. And then you're not and fine. That's pretty much. That's basically that's what pretty happens. That's what happened here. Um, it's a perfect depiction. All the pumpkins get smashed. Um, the, oh, all the trinkets, the, the candles are thrown the over. Pumpkins. Everything's destroyed. Oh, and the wine was spilled everywhere. And I was like, well, that's, oh, a, God. that's a real tragedy. Like now I know your animals. Yeah. You know, you're getting rid of the liquor for the survivors. Can't That's believe brutal. you can't believe that. You know how long it takes to make that? You don't yeah, exactly because you live in the Crazy. woods. You should know this. Your chest being a keg. Yeah, come you on. Should appreciate you know. Really upsetting. Um, luckily, the the gang is there very quickly, um, yeah. and they're like, "Oh my god, uh, what's happening?" And Arlen turns to Teferi and is like, "Hey, could you could you help us stop the sunset?" Can you keep the light yeah. around? See, that's what makes me think those werewolves can't transform at will. Because he's, like, stopping them. He's trying to slow down their transformation, basically. Yeah, but aren't they already werewolves at this point? Well, no, because there was a scene when Adeline's Cathars had a shield up, and it was like this big dude was just whacking at it with, a, with like, a weapon of some sort. And they were like, he's still fucking huge and strong, even though he's not in wolf form. I just thought because the card Storm the Festival depicts werewolves that they were already werewolves. I know, but I think they're not yet. Because I was trying to figure out what Teferi actually did. This is the, <laughs> and that's, this is the only thing I could come up with. But Teferi's like, I promised you a slower sunset. And he jams his uh, wand into the ground for his staff. And then it apparently takes all his energy and he makes time flow a little slower. Um and the, my only reasoning for how that could be helpful, other than, I guess, that they need to complete the ritual before... Sunset? The, I mean, that makes sense. Dawn or something? Mm. But I think he was trying to slow the werewolves' trans, like transformation. Yes. Anyways, there is a description of how, like, one of them... Like, they haven't transformed yet, but they're still huge, burly dudes, even in their regular form. The dire werewolves. Right. Like, are just also huge people. Um... And so it's it's no easy task to fight them off either. But they're like, we're just lucky they aren't werewolves yet or something. Or they're not in their wolf form yet. All right. I guess that does make sense. I didn't think it was extremely explicit, but I do it's remember. It's super unclear. I had to like reread it a few different times. And then there's the fight with, well, Tovalar that, you know. Yeah. I don't, don't want to spoil anything, but Arlen's going to fight Tovalar, guys. <laughs> if you didn't expect that from the beginning yeah so like this fight kind of starts in the the classic way right it's tovalar's like hey you can still join us i know you want to because she feels her like bestial instincts kicking in and she does admit part of her wants to join them but you know it's the same story she is able to fight that and understand that they should be protecting the humans and not fighting them and all that and so that's kind of the standoff that occurs at the end of this chapter. Yeah. It's it's the basic Star Wars story of like Vader versus Luke, you know. Um, join us and you'll be stronger. Oh, no, I need to fight against the dark side kind of thing. Um, more right. so than like Anakin and Obi-Wan, which is like Obi-Wan being like, come back to me. You were once great. And then he's like, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I'm a bitch boy. But this is where I was super confused and had to read it again because they start fighting in their human form, as I understand it, 
but it says like Tovalar swings a huge like paw at her face and like scratches her face and shit. But then it clearly indicates later that he transforms into a werewolf. And that, I also was confused the whole time. And I was like, why does it... Like, I think they're trying to make the link... Oh, like, he is really a wolf, so we're gonna... When he punches her, we're gonna say he, like, paws her. But it just got confusing, because I was like... Oh, he didn't... And then it's like, and then finally he transforms into his... It's like, wait, he, it said, you said he hit her with his paw and scratched her face earlier. Was he not already a wolf? I... <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. Where I was like, I thought that it was just really confusing. And like, I did yeah. try to read it several times being like, what is going on? Like, I when they fight, yeah, and it's happened throughout the, we've talked about this a couple times where it's like, were they a wolf or were they not a wolf at this moment? Right. Because it seems like they would have to take their clothes off and stuff. Maybe the whole time they're not doing that. It's just like, they're they're but, using words that make me believe that they're a wolf at that moment because right. it want, it wants to remind me that they are part wolf and so then the language you would use would be wolf language but it's it, that's my interpretation like they were intentionally trying to blur the line from wolf to human um, because like oh the werewolves aren't either they're kind of both and that's like the point they're trying to make but then it was also like then they would actively mention transforming later. And so it's like, it just gets confusing. Like either blur the line or be like, you know, clear about it. But yeah. When you do the, like, I blur the line so you don't know which form they are. And then I'm like, they transformed. You're like, which way did they transform? Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Cause I didn't, I don't know which form they were in. Before. Cause then it also makes me feel like slowing the sunset doesn't fucking matter because they can transform whatever they want. Like, yeah, that was the other confusing part. So like, I don't know. I think, I think Arlen can transform at will. Tovalar can like incentivize people to get more rabid and transform faster. Uh, but they still are bound by the moon thing. And so to very helped by slowing that. I think uh, everyone can transform whenever they want, and Teferi doesn't do anything. <laughs> or maybe maybe you're right, and he just like bought time for the ritual was the idea. Maybe that, that because seems... they have to complete it by by dawn before, or something. Or, or, but before they were also off something. doing the ritual this whole time, so it's like I don't know. If you, I, I don't know. Maybe, but this is one of my criticisms, right? Like Chandra's big card basically did nothing. Kaya's big card, I guess, was fine. It's three of an exorcism, yeah, so you know, we love on the podcast. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Teferi's big card, much like the card itself, seems to have done nothing. So it's like, I don't know. I feel like these moments could have been... Like, how necessary was the, the gate watch here? But You could have done this without any of them, almost. Like, yeah. it's just like, oh, hey, let's go to a haunted house because we have Kaya. Or, like, do we have... Like, you could, you could do anything. Like, it's just... <laughs> Yeah, Chandra beat, like, the apparently world's easiest zombies, so... <laughs> but zombies are never hard to beat unless they're on your side, you know? Like, it's... It's just, like, I don't understand. Yeah, this was the culmination of my frustration at not understanding whether someone was wolf or human form, because then they're, like, thin. And they even talk about Tovalar's, like, teeth being lengthened and jaw, like, elongating. I was like, wait, is he not a wolf yet? And then, oh, but he's a wolf now, I guess, because they just described him transforming. And then they're like, but and then he transforms. So this is another, yeah. this is another thing. So um, 
obviously you can't see this because we're on a podcast, but like in sections of the story, they do show you pictures that are cards. Uh, it's art from cards, right? Right. When they show you the moment when things are getting stormed at the festival, they show you the card storm the festival. So everyone's a werewolf. So I look at that thinking everyone's a werewolf. And then they show me the card that's Teferi Slow in the Sunset. I was like, why does it fucking matter? Because everyone's a fucking werewolf. Like, yeah. I understand that you're like saving money or whatever by doing this stuff, but it's very confusing. It, right. I don't, I didn't get it, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and exactly. We're still not quite sure what Teferi was meant to have done here. Exactly. We're guessing, because it's not clear. And we want to give you the the most accurate <laughs> representation of what the story <laughs> yeah. was, and this is what it is. Um, yeah. I don't know. Reading this, this is the feeling we got. And, I'm and sh- I wasn't drunk when I read this, which is why I said at the start, maybe if I was drunk, I would have just like, all right, he's a wolf now. He's not a yeah. wolf now. Okay, well, cool, whatever. I get it. Yeah, it's just, fun. you can change like this. You can just, so fast. Yeah. So easy. Uh, but let's get back into it because we need to finish this chapter real quick and go to a beer break. All right. This is the moment. <laughs> We're finally there. Arlen and Tovalar are fighting. They uh, are human, kind of. Tovalar starts to transform. And this is when we see him. His face is long, elongating and all those things. And he's big. And he's basically telling Arlen, being like, fight me like you, who you are. You know, like, let's go at it. Let's do this. <laughs> And Arlen finally says, fine. And then she transforms into her wolf stealth. Which is why we've been frustrated with this. Because it's the cliffhanger to the story. Which I already thought had happened earlier in the story. So. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, Jeff, should we just go to a beer break before we finish this out? Because I don't know if I can keep complaining about this. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Jeff cracked his can before he was supposed to. They never would have known that that was a fake beer sound if you hadn't said that. That was so easy to tell. (laughs) That was the worst fake beer sound. Well, I flicked the cap at the same time, but then I made the sound way too loud relative to the cap flicking. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, On my end, it was better than on your end. Let's just say that. Oh, I, I see, I see. Alrighty, so tonight we are drinking Beck's Pills, which is regular mm-hmm. Beck's. It's a German beer. Notably a Pilsner versus mm-hmm. a lager. So this is new for what uh, we've been having before. I believe this is the first Pilsner, maybe even on the whole show. Oh shit, I think you're right. Is Beck's the first Pilsner yeah. we've ever done? I think that I think that's true. Okay, <laughs> um, so it was established in 1873. So this is the first time that this beer was brewed, um, mm-hmm. and uh, it's five percent. And you know, it's it's what it is, right? Everyone knows Bex. This this also for a while here, I know is like a big brand for non-alcoholic beer. Like this was the only one you could get. That's what I was gonna much. say. Yeah, it's like yeah. that's how I knew it a lot as well as the non-alcoholic ones. So mm-hmm. um, they've. Did a good job and it says that. right on the can here, don't drink and drive and stuff. So they clearly are cognizant of uh, drinking responsibly, mm-hmm. which is always nice to see. Oh my gosh, I haven't been thinking about rating beers at all until right now. So, <laughs> yeah, <right>. no. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. Anyway, we got to keep moving along because we got some story to get through and uh, we don't want to make this too long. But chapter five, night closes round. Jeff, 
-hmm. Where do we start? All right. So basically, uh, remember that Arlen was fighting Tovalar and then she finally decided to transform. So this brings her back to, uh, you know, we've been getting flashbacks the whole time. And this time it was like, uh, so I think we didn't fully tell her story, but basically she, we told you that she went to the Church of Avicen to try to fight her primal self. Um, and she ends up making friends there and doing really well. Uh, but then Tovalar comes in to the church and his presence is enough to essentially make her transform later that night. So she tells everyone she wasn't feeling well. She runs off to her room. Unfortunately, one of her friends decides to check on her and she had transformed and she kills a friend. And that's when she planes walks. That's when her spark ignites. It was like, oh, she didn't want to be there. She wanted to be anywhere else but there. And suddenly she was. So the long story short is she's gone for a very long time. And so she comes back to try and see her family again. Um, but no such luck in seeing her family. Yikes. So her family, her father was, I guess, a blacksmith. Uh, and their forge and their home caught fire. Accidentally. Uh, so she comes back to the village, she doesn't know anyone, they don't really trust her, but she eventually gets the story out that it burned down and they did not make it through. So, come back to Arlen fighting Tovalar, um, mm -hmm. both in wolf form now, uh, taking different blows. Obviously, uh, Arlen is smaller than Tovalar. And it is also reminding her of the time when she was part of his pack at the beginning of when she transformed. And she had uh, tried to uh, fight him in a duel of dominance. Right, like yeah. She she challenged him to be the alpha of the pack. Or whatever, uh, because they had disagreeing philosophies on how they should live their lives. Exactly. Um, this does not go very well for her, but also him. Uh, for they both have scars from that specific fight. Uh, and mm -hmm. she is getting reminded of the last time she fought him and how she tried to kill him and could not. Yeah, but basically what, like, my interpretation of how they told that story of the first fight was that um, he wanted her to, like, try to kill him to make her realize that she's primal, that she's a wolf at heart, that she wants to kill like, I think he probably easily could have killed her at that time, mm -hmm. all, way back when, and won the fight, but that wasn't his goal. His goal was to, like, you know, put up a, a pretend like he's fighting, but really get her to unleash on him and realize she is she is the same as him. Yeah. Um, so that's why he didn't just, like, whoop her ass when she was, you know, a new, brand new werewolf. Exactly. So. Like a child. <laughs> so things are getting grim. It really seems rough this fight is not a fight that seemed like the same one from before to me it seemed like this is a fight to the death um yeah i think at this it's kind of started out that way because it mentions tovalar like smiling even as she's like making him bleed mm -hmm. and stuff and slashing him but his smile ends up going away fairly quickly i think she so he like he like picks her up and then stabs her shoulder through the trunk of a tree that has broken and so her yeah. shoulder's fucked. And then she breaks through that, rips that piece of wood out, and stabs through his leg with that piece of wood. And that right. is the moment where he decides it's a real fight. 
because his leg. Yeah, is... that's when he loses his smile when mm-hmm. the piece of wood goes clean through his leg and out the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, it's one against a bunch of wolves and werewolves. Yeah. And so he pins her to the ground and Boulder is clamping onto her shoulder. And it's kind of people from her old pack also helping Tovalar essentially kill her. Um, yeah, they betrayed her like real fast. Like <laughs> quickly. And it really seemed like when they were leaving, it seemed like they were just going to eat. And now it's like, no, fuck you. We're with him now, and he's right. Want, this is what he, he wants. He lets us eat, and you don't. So we're his friends. Now. Exactly. Um, so and you mentioned the card "Duel for Dominance," but if you look at the art on that card, there's one humongous werewolf and one kind of small werewolf, and the small one is Arlen, and the big one is Tovalar. Yes. So. <laughs> uh, and so you can just imagine what this is. This fight is looking like where it's right. <laughs> it's 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 bad. It's it's really bad. Um, so Arlen is uh, pinned to the ground, looking around, trying to find a way out of this, but it looks like the end for her. It really does. Um, yeah. I mean, I think Tobler's kind of cheating by having the three wolves, like, hold her down and shit. Sure, but also, like, why are you, like, you knew... I don't know if this would fly in the fight for alpha of the pack thing. No, but it's also like, hey, we're storming a festival and you're trying to stop us, and, like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's all of us against you. Like, what did you expect joining this fight? Like, sorry. Right. They're all on my side. Like, you knew that going into this. Except for Patience. As Arlen's laying on the ground, she can see Patience just standing there, patiently waiting, I guess. Just being there. Which I thought was going to matter, but it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, so this is the <laughs> final moment where basically it's life or death for Arlen. And Tovalar says... Will you join me? Because I think he looks at her like a daughter, basically. Mm-hmm. He's like, just see it my way. Come on. Exactly. It's the Vader-Luke thing, right? Yeah. Except for Vader never had Luke on the ground with like other people grabbing his shoulders <laughs> and like forcing him. Um, he could have used the force, I guess. That's true. Uh, and Arlen comes around and says... Well, she says, I'm home. Yeah. He says, come home, and she says, I'm home, or something. Which which is, that's what she's saying, though. She's saying, yeah. yes, I... I... Yeah, she, she's trying to make him think she's saying it, but then she's like, I didn't technically lie, because I was saying, Innistrad's my home. <laughs> yeah, so basically, <laughs> he says, come home, she says, I am home, and then he's like, sweet, pulls her up, and then she stabs him in the or slashes she like hugs him. her and then she as far as i could tell like stabs her claw into his heart basically yeah into his sternum right right into yeah. it and said like innistrad is my home and he's like you lied to me and she's like yeah but not also uh leave now and stop stop fighting the witches right like stuff. i have the up i have the high ground now you better leave or I will kill you. Anakin, I have the high ground. Um, and, and he just says, okay, and then just howls and runs away. And then everybody leaves. <laughs> yeah, he lo- I was so surprised. She, he's like, okay, you win. And she pulls his claw out of him, and then he howls and they all leave. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? It's that easy? <laughs> I thought someone was going to die. I thought Arlen would die or he would die. Someone had to die, you know? But no, they're, they're I feel like blood. that's lazy, right? I felt like it had it had to go down the route of I'm not going to call it off. This is my way of life. You're going to have to kill me, and then she had to kill him. Yeah, 
And then the pack would be hers. Right? Yeah. Because she killed him. And then they would be yeah, like, oh, she's, she's the alpha. It, but, but nope, it was just like, all right, I guess you win this round. Uh, let's go, boys. Great. So we have to have the story again at some point. It, it's just like, yeah. I, I was also thinking like, oh, what if Arlen just dies right now? Like, what if he's like his, you know, he's been spending so much time in the night that he like is losing his human self and the pieces of him that cared about her are gone because of that. Yeah, that could also happen. Um, but instead, it was kind of like, oh, he's remembering times of her as a child and he cares about her or something. <sighs> anyway, uh, that was disappointing. <laughs> yeah, I thought that we had something going there. But uh, but no, it ends up uh, gone in, in a second. She's pretty fucked up, though. Like her her she's bleeding and her limbs are gone, like not gone, but like, yeah, I mean, she got uh, thrown through a tree. Yeah, so. so her shoulders all all screwed up. So she's slowly trying to walk back to the festival, and she hears some galloping behind her, and it's Chandra, and she's on a horse somehow, and um, is like, "Hey, basically, do you need a ride?" Yeah, yeah. At this point, I'm, I'm unclear if she's in wolf or human form. She might be a naked human. She might be a wolf with tattered clothes. So I'm she pretty could be anywhere in between. I don't no. Know. So what happens is she's as she's she transforms into a human to get onto the horse. Okay. It, it says so she that, was a wolf and then got pulled up by a horse and was like, well, as a wolf, it's unrealistic for me to get on that. Yeah, so, so I'm going to turn into a human to be on the horse. So I'm assuming she's naked at this point because... The, or she's like, hold on, guys. I know it's really important, but let me put my clothes on. Yeah, but we also have the story spotlight card, which is defend the Celestas, which is kind of what she was doing mm -hmm. before, which is her tattered clothes, right? She's wearing, like, it's a ripped up shirt. I know it isn't that important, but like it was something I was thinking about the entire story, being like, "Where, right. <laughs> where are your clothes?" Anyway, because they explicitly called it out. I think if they just didn't call it out, if in they the didn't, first one, if they didn't say anything, I wouldn't care. Um, probably, yeah. or but maybe I, I'm sure I would probably say something. It'd be like one of those things that's like, oh, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, because it's like you they know. didn't mention it, so I guess it doesn't matter. Um, but it feels like, like that's it just something we always blow past yeah. in werewolf floor anyway. But I feel like it's supposed to matter in this moment. I don't know. Anyway, she's naked on the back of a horse. Um, and they get to the ritual. And so for the rest of this, she's just naked, I guess. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so the, luckily they got to the, the ritual right as it was ending. Uh, and they only needed one thing left, which is Arlen. Uh, because apparently her blood is really important for this ritual that uh, Catilda is doing. Yeah, because I guess like they're trying to take back the night-day balance, and she's supposed to be someone who wants the night, but has decided to protect those the day folk instead. So she's like the... I don't know. That's what I got, is you probably need someone from the other side to like okay this... Uh, that's Turn their key... That's that's nice. I that's not even. I had no idea. I just was. I was also confused. Um, through it, it seemed like uh, Arlen didn't know what was happening. Nobody knew what was. But happening. I think that's why Catilda like drew her to the witches because she's like, oh, this is a werewolf, so she's part of the other side, but she clearly fights for the for yeah. our team. So that's what we need her blood. So instead <laughs> of trying to kill one, I think that makes sense. I like that. That makes a. I, I'm 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 really happy with that. So they use Arlen's blood and like the ash of something that they have. It's kind of like a finger and they, they ash it off and it is in a bowl. Uh, and they need a soul 
and um, Catilda is basically deciding that it's going to be her soul that goes into this, this thing. Yeah. She's kind of sacrificing herself. Yeah, uh, kind of all of a sudden, too. And she's like, oh, the last ingredient, a soul. And then, oh, and like, doing that exorcist yeah. shit. And, like, stuff's running out of her. And, like, the witches are holding her up because her body's starting to go limp. Um, mm-hmm. Leading up to this, I really thought that the witches were going to pull a fast one on uh, Arlen. And they were actually going to steal her soul. And they were going to kill her. It, it seemed like it was going that way. Because right? Arlen yeah. was getting really... Like, first, un- we need just a small sacrifice from you. Yeah. And she was getting really uneasy and looking towards the gang and being like, is this what's happening? I don't really know. And she's kind of mouthing like, is everything okay to everybody? And Catilda's like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as this is happening, guess who flies in or runs in or something? I think she flies in. She, she like portals in somehow. Yeah. I'm guessing it's uh, Olivia. Olivia Voldaren. Yes, it is. Uh, sorry, oh, no, it, yeah. it's actually Klaus. <laughs> Yeah, it's Klaus. He wasn't dead at all. I would have loved that. And Klaus for Karen. You know who's going to be the groom is Klaus Falkenrath. Klaus Falkenrath. Yeah. And Olivia Voldaren. Oh, God. Um, so Olivia flies in, snatches up Catilda. Uh, the key is still in Arlen's hands or she snags it or something. So now Olivia Voldaren is flying with... Uh, yeah, Catilda so Olivia's going for the key, and Arlen gets there first, and so Olivia's like, all right, I'll take Catilda, mm-hmm. and then flies up and hold, is holding Catilda. So she's in the air, holding Catilda. Arlen's on the ground, holding the key, and Olivia's like, hey, I need that key. I don't give a shit about this witch. If you want this witch, we can trade. And Arlen's like, well, I don't know about that. While this is happening, <laughs> Kaya and Chandra are watching, because they're also there. And this yeah. is my favorite line where Chandra just looks at Kaya and she's like, we blast her, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> literally the words that Chandra says. And Kaya's like, well, what does Kaya well, say to that? <laughs> she's like, well, no, because you might hit <laughs> you might the hit one person that we, whose soul we need to complete the ritual. So, so no. Think it, think it through. <laughs> but it also just reminds me of like that meme with um, Frank from uh, It's Always Sunny. Where he's like, so I just started blasting. And it's just like, <laughs> did you just take this from this meme? Because that's almost literally the words that it used. <laughs> we blast her, right? So, oh gosh. Anyway. But it also felt like, you know, explaining something to a child was just like, no, we can't do that. Yep. Why not, Chandra? Why can't we do that? <laughs> because everyone needs to be alive later. Um, oh gosh. Also, your aim, not the best. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they rate Chandra like that. And it's kind of frustrating. I felt like she went through an arc already through like meeting her mom again and then like seeing uh, Jaya and like learning aim through that and a bunch of other stuff where it's like... Yeah, she was supposed to have learned restraint or whatever from Jaya. Or accuracy. And she learned some of those things. But then in the end is still like... I don't know. Anyway, I... And they just write her the same way. They write her the same way. All right. So... This is another point where I'm frustrated. Arlen is like, fine, Olivia, I'll give you the key if you give me Catilda. Because first she's kind of like, can we finish? Just let us finish the ritual. You can have everything once we finish the ritual. Will it be fine? 
And Olivia's like, no, I have this fucking thing. And then all... You're not understanding. I want it to be night all mm-hmm. the time because I'm a vampire. Yeah. And then the, the witches are like, <laughs> I well... I don't want you to do the ritual. <laughs> and the other witches are like, well, we can't do the ritual without Catilda. And Catilda's like half soul right now. So she's kind of like, fuck. Yeah. Just... And then Olivia gets bored and just starts like slashing at yeah. Catilda. Like, and then blood there's like... goes everywhere. Yeah, blood is splashing around and... She um, really upped the clock on this negotiation. She knows how to up the clock. <laughs> Like, you know, <laughs> if anyone knows how to do it, it's Olivia Vildaren. And so Arlen's like, fine, I'll take the deal. And so she throws the key up to Olivia, and then Olivia snatches it out of the air just as fast as she snatches um, Catilda earlier. And she's holding it, and then Arlen's like, all right, this is the deal. Drop Catilda. Give her, like, drop her. And Olivia's just like, oh, kind of laughing about stuff. And then um, whether she's going to do it or not. And Arlen says, you know, a deal's a deal. And then Olivia's like, fine, and drops Catilda. And it's kind of on top of Arlen and on top of the altar and just kind of ruins the whole ritual. Yeah, so I think she kind of like threw her too. Yeah, I mean, it was more of a throw, but um, it has the same weight of, oh, you want me to drop her? Oh, I'll drop her, you know, kind of thing. Um, It reminds me of the scene in The Dark Knight when (laughs) (laughs) Batman's like, let her go, and joker's like very poor choice of words and, <laughs> and just drops, drops rachel yeah yeah at the window um this is kind of the end of the story so after that olivia Voldaren flies away and uh we realize as a whole that night is forever going to be in Estrad. there will never be day again and uh it's just yeah this, this is happening. why i think she like super saiyan pitched her into the ground because yeah. like it hits arlen and then shoves arlen into the whole ritual like chamber and that everything gets fucked up yeah so it's like i don't think she just dropped her she like fucking through her you know yeah that makes sense yeah she like tom brady that shit <laughs> more like <laughs> rob gronkowski spiked her yeah, into the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh my my problem with this is that okay so arlen just had a situation with tovalar where he's giving her a deal and she takes the deal, but then turns her back on it, kind of saying, oh, fuck you. I didn't actually take the deal, but you thought I did because you're a bitch. Idiot. <laughs> and then she has a deal with Olivia Voldaren, who doesn't keep the, her end of the bargain. And then yeah. Arlen's like, no, a deal's a deal. Come on. Like, it's all about, like, honor and shit. And it's like, no, you, you just did the same fucking trick to the other guy. You can't <laughs> pretend like you're holier than thou now. Like, Arlen... And she's trying to, like, talk about how it's okay that she kind of lied to him or whatever. It's like, I did it for the greater good. Yeah. Well, Olivia probably is doing it it for the greater good of the vampires. Yeah, for her greater good. Like, I don't know. I was pretty pissed about that. Like, fuck you for pretending like you're better than her. Like, whatever. Like, I like that it immediately back... Like, Helm on Team Vampire. Yeah, right? She, like, she <laughs> broke a deal and then, like, was pissed about a deal being broken with her. And it's like, yep, nope, fuck you. You get what you get. And I'm on Olivia there inside. <laughs> have a good wedding. Um, yeah, it would have been so easy to just have someone else say that line, too. Like, like Chandra could say that. Give, give it the yeah, shitty It could just be and... Kaya. Kaya being like, hey, deal's a deal. Mm-hmm. And not even be that pissed about it because it's Kaya. Why would she be? Or Adeline. Um, or, yeah, whatever. Oh, Adeline would be, like, furious because she's honor-driven. So Exactly. That, that would make sense if Adeline, like, rode in. And, and Arlen's... Like, hey, a deal's a deal. Yeah, and Arlen's, like, in the middle. 
but I think it doesn't matter. And Arlen's like, well, I already kind of pulled this move, so I can't really say it. <laughs> so that's the end of the, the story of Midnight Hunt. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be night forever. It's going to be night forever. Um, Perfect if you're a vampire who's getting married. Yeah, because your, uh, you know, reception can go on forever. And she does even mention something, right? Like, I think they call her... They call her a liar or something, and she's like, hey, that's no way to talk to a bride-to-be. Yeah, exactly. There's like a little joke in there. So excited for the wedding. Still don't know who the groom is. Or pretending to not know. I'm... It feels like it can't be Soren at this point, because he has like, it's a power move, and he has nothing. He exactly. He has like an he empty castle. He doesn't even have... decrepit. He doesn't even have a moon silver key. Like, he's got nothing. I know. Like, maybe she was going to marry him for the moon silver. That's why she wanted it so bad. But yeah. You know, she's like, I don't have to marry Sword now. That's a relief. Maybe she marries Sigarda. <laughs> she seems to, seems like, well, to it was going to be Sorin, but you won the fight, so. Yeah. Anyway, that is the story of Midnight Hunt. I, you know what? Like, for all we, like, ripped on the story, that's just because we're having fun mostly. I overall kind of enjoyed reading these. Like, this started out strong. There was some stuff that annoyed me later, but it's still like, you know what, whatever. Uh, and I kind of want to read the Crimson Vow ones. So. Oh, I always enjoy reading the stories, if not only to be frustrated by what's happening. Because there's so much potential. Like, some of the stuff is really good, and, like, the characters, some of them are good. There are really great characters and really good ideas and like the premises of stuff are awesome. So sometimes the execution isn't fantastic. However, I do think that the writing of this one was quite nice. And I liked the author um, because there were moments that were fantastic, but there were also moments that felt like maybe it was uh, phoned in at, at like, what, literally a paragraph would be like, oh, that seems strictly different than the other ones. Yeah, and again, a lot of it just feels rushed. It's like, you know, I don't know what the word limit is or whatever, but these are not that long. You could probably read these in, you know, about this time it listens to this podcast. It takes to listen to this podcast, so it, just do that instead. Yeah, but not even. Uh, well, I mean, you could probably read these quicker than the pod. Well, sorry. Yeah, you can't read all five of them in the the time. That, that's what I mean. Sorry, like, to read sorry, the sorry, whole sorry, story. Gotcha, like, gotcha, gotcha. It would only take you an afternoon or whatever, like you know, but. Um, a few hours in the afternoon and there's so much that they kind of want to get because they have to feature all these different things so it does definitely move quickly and a lot of the time you're like wow that person just made that decision like that okay cool uh, i would have liked maybe a little bit more back and forth and i think you meant you alluded to this a couple of times the dialogue uh, <laughs> often needs some help yes there are moments where i'm like that was such a beautiful piece of like that that either that um phrase or the words they were saying that i tried to pick out i was like that was awesome that was a wonderful piece of writing that i really loved like it was worth yeah. i wrote it down because i liked it that much and i just want a, a klaus falcon wrath card now <laughs> i mean maybe <laughs> we already have one they just didn't actually put klaus falcon wrath on the card you know the, the <laughs> yeah. actual name but we have a version of it um but yeah i think that uh uh, if I can say this right, the author of all these five stories, and I do like that they have the same author for all five. It, I think it really helps it 
because in the past they've they changed. didn't always do that and it and it felt very fragmented yes it felt very disjointed and um so this one was nice that there were you know some chunks were it was more chunk by chunk basis and not so much story by story basis but right. um k arsenault riviera uh she was wonderful um there were there are some it, a lot of it is difficult to explain because it was just written a certain way that was nice. So if you're looking to feel what it feels like to be a wolf, uh, read these. And they made some conscious decisions on what to focus on with their very, very limited space. Mm -hmm. so anyone who's done any of these creative writing exercises where you have to keep it under a word count, you know how hard it is. But anyway, that's basically how we feel about this and uh, what the story is. Um, Hopefully we yeah. weren't were too drunk and you understood what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and if not, I hope you had a good time. Because we sure did. Um, but with yeah, that... I had a great time. Let's go to last call and grab our last beer of the night before we rate these silvers into silver tears. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Noise. Last one. All right, so we've been going so old school in the Silver Series, you know, we're always talking about beers that are so old, but um, one thing I did want to do on the Silver Series is bring something that's about on the line, and so for for us here, it's Mill Street Organic, mm -hmm. and Mill Street is like a old-time brewery in Toronto. It, it's almost like one of the first craft breweries, but then it got so big that it's just basically a macro brew now yeah know? so it's kind of right on that line of like is this a micro brewery or a macro brewery and I, I think in toronto i would put mill street and amsterdam in the macro brewery uh category yeah i i think specifically they're they're like mill street organic like their basic one feels to right. be like their flagship their, their flagship one seems to be the the beer that's like this is the uh, the one that's trying to be like others that are like thirst quenching and um, nice, mm -hmm. like a like a really chill like lager is what we're we're kind of going towards in this beer, and um, so it does feel like it fits in the silver series. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Because but the feel is the same, right? Exactly, uh, it's in the same feel. So it's uh. This beer is from Canada, of course. It's 4.2%, and it was founded in 2002, which is uh, a bit different than the other beers that we've had tonight. They are a bit um, a bit older. Let's, let's just say that. Yeah. It's, you know, mm -hmm. it's like 150 years older. You know, Keith is just 200 years old, so like... Yeah. <laughs> um... But we thought, hey, let's see if uh, we can fit this in here. Oh, man. But, Jeff, I'll try to rate these beers. All right. I'm going to need a big sip of this one. All right. Mm. Okay. Okay. I see what you're, what you're messing with there, mm. Mill Street. Let's see. Mm -hmm. So we are rating these beers. We have four beers and four tiers of silver so we're trying to do silver one through four so one is the best four is the worst um and that's how that and works that also lines up with arena it does that's crazy yeah. it's it's just so strange um 
And um, however, with each beer, we will assoin, assoin, <laughs> assign a point value with the number that it's at. So silver one gets four points, silver four gets one points. Uh, that's how that works <laughs> to make it super confusing. Um, because if we yeah, ever... the, five, the formula is points equals five minus rating. Oh gosh. But yes, whatever, <laughs> whatever that is for sure. Um, but, uh, in any case, we are trying to figure out, uh, what's the best silver beer. And once we figure out what that is, that silver beer may become gold. So when we finish our silver series, we may be able to start doing tournament brackets to see, uh, who gets there. Anyway, starting off with this one, oh man, I'm feeling uh, pretty close actually with some of I these. Have, like, I have like my top two and my bottom two and I, I'm still trying to process which order I'm going to put each of those in, you know, so. I think I know my bottom one. There's like four different possibilities for how I'm going to order this currently, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean that makes sense. Um, are you ready for yours, or, or should we? Uh, should I go first? Where we, we're starting from the bottom, right? Yeah, we're starting we're, we're from pulling, the bottom. We live in we live in Toronto, so we're pulling a Drake. Mm-hmm. Um, we're starting from the bottom till we're here at the top. Uh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. So for silver right. four, I think I think I have my choice. Okay. I think my choice for silver four is Bex. Okay. All right. Yeah. Bex, I see it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with Bex. So this was, you know, one of our better silver showcases for me where everything was, I enjoyed every beer I had. Mm-hmm. Like uh, we've had ones before where we're like, wow, I don't remember this beer tasting quite this bad. Uh, yeah. And that's not what happened to me tonight. So Exactly. I think that most of them felt fairly close to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but my silver four is actually Dab. Um, mm. Yeah, it. Uh, I used to drink it a ton, like I said, when I first moved here. After doing that, uh, there were times where I would pour it and I really needed to add some like citrus to it because it was it felt like it was rough, like I needed something else. And Sorry, Dab? What, what beer are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> I am talking about, about Dort... <laughs> <laughs> Dortmunder Action Brauer, or whatever yes, you said. Okay, yes, of course. Uh, thank you. For that. <laughs> that was a fucking butcher. I can. I have no idea how you're supposed to See, say. You that. asked me to say it when I'd only had a couple of beers, and I asked you, you to say it. Yeah, <laughs> when I've had more of them. Um, yeah. Okay. So anyway, and uh, I definitely didn't nail it. So. <laughs> you did much better than I did, but anyway, Dab. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if it's like, it's not my preconceived notion because I know that going into it, uh, if I have uh, if I have an idea of what a beer is supposed to be and then I drink it against the other ones, it will change. Dab was still like, eh, this was fine. Though the, I do yeah, I mean, think it happened the other t- way with Sapporo for us, right? Exactly. I think we both came in expecting it to do fairly well, and it it bombed for both of us. So. Um, this one uh, lived up to what it was supposed to be. It was not my favorite. So, but I also think um, like there's no way to avoid you know preconception. You just have to accept that everyone's good. It's part of why people make different ratings is people just have different yeah. experiences. But I agree. I think these were closer than we've had in the past. So, mm-hmm. um, 
with my silver three, that means I my silver three is Bex. Yeah, this is interesting because my silver three was dad. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we and these of... were the two I was deciding between about how am I going to rate them uh, in the bottom two. Yeah, um, and I, I felt similarly with that. Um, this is what. Oh wait, sorry. You go to, to your silver two before I, I get it. I mean, obviously, we're a Canadian podcast. We have to rank the Canadian beers one and two, and it's just about how we put the other German beers in the bottom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so this is where, you know, I'm talking about, uh, like, personal experience and preference, and, and that could easily be factoring in here. Um, but my silver two is uh, Mill Street. I, I agree. Mill Street was my silver two. Okay. I didn't think that that's where it was going to sit. Um, no, I would have had them at number one as they're the closest to a craft beer. Yeah, um, but, but it, it really hit that way, and... Man, coming in hot, Alexander Keith's at the top. Alexander Keith's, yeah. Like I, I did not see that coming. I, I'm really happy with it too, because I want to really like Alexander Keith's and knowing that now these ones, two of them, Dav and Bex are ones that I, I don't drink very often at all. Right. Mill Street, I drink often. Um, so knowing that I kind of I like Keith's better is big see this was the one i was because you said you know you didn't like i I don't want to use the word grow up when talking about beer but essentially like keith's was maybe the third or fourth beer that i tried ever Mm -hmm. so you know it's just like something that's around here and so i thought maybe my bias was coming in on this it's like ah it's just like i'm remembering it fondly or whatever and and and, and all that but when you're saying you know it wasn't around when you were first starting to drink beer yeah. you still selected it it's maybe like hey maybe it's just actually better than i'm giving it credit for when i you know because i'm always just like oh it's a macro brew whatever and i don't know if it's because i looked up that they have other beers i'm excited to try or <laughs> yeah. what but like um all, like it's not bad it was it was good i liked it yeah it was, yeah i was like oh this is great like I'm, I'm having a, a great time with this. That's wonderful. So, um, in any case, uh, happy with Keith's Mill Street, and we were pretty close on the German ones as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, there we go. Successful Silver Series, I would like to say. Um, yeah, I mean, sorry Germany. If you have any better beers, send them our way. <laughs> <laughs> but the Canadian ones are better. Um, could also fit our palate a little bit better as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Classic. I mean, I really felt that the dab was just like too strong needed to be watered down. But, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like just some water would have really helped that beer. Um, <laughs> said no one ever. Um, <laughs> Except um, the creators. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, I do think it is closing time. Closing. <laughs> one last call for alcohol <laughs> oh wow this is the first time he's ever done it while drinking That's yeah impressive. yeah yeah i try that um you can always find us at arena regulars on twitter and instagram also look for us on arena under the username arena regulars podcast if uh, somebody's on there blowing all of our gems losing drafts it was me last week <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to throw that on me. That's really nice. 
Oh um, no, I, I blew a lot of gems, bro. I don't log into that account. You don't want to see the numbers. Perfect. I haven't been in that account in a while, so that's good. Uh, if you want to talk to me personally, you can find me at Zulberg. That's Z E U L B E R G. But Jeff, where can they find you? I'm on Twitter, Blues Brews M T G, spelled like it sounds. And please leave us a re- review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Any place you can listen to this podcast as I try to slur through this thing because we had a drunken voice. I mean, post. to be fair, they can leave us a review wherever the hell they want. You know, if you just like, if you leave us a review on like Expedia, that's just like the arena regulars are the best, and it's attached to anything. I'll be down. Yeah, put it on a random Amazon item that you just bought recently. Totally. You, yeah, yeah, for sure. Just don't leave it in your <laughs> Toilet notes. Toilet paper holder. Yeah, don't leave it on your notes on your phone so that people can't see it. Put it on something that people can yeah, see. Yeah, it needs to be online. We honestly That's don't. all that we ask, though. Yeah. That's all that we ask. Yeah, it could literally just be the last thing that you bought. Um, <laughs> just leave it as a tip to your Uber driver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This has been the Arena Regulars. Reminding you that werewolves on Innistrad may or may not be able to transform at will. Good night. All right, that's fine.